We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? Do you follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike. And we've been wanting to do this one for a while. A couple of teams have separated themselves from the pack, not only in the Pacific Division, Western Conference, but also the entire NBA. The Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors have a 20 and four record as as we record this tied for best in the NBA and we want to talk about them in this pod a bit and as always we're going to do it through a Lakers lens right and the Lakers and how they match up with them and how they can get to that level uh, is something that's going to be a through line throughout this but that's the thing D we're a long ways away from that caliber of basketball right now the Suns just had I think a 17 game winning streak that was snapped by the Golden State Warriors they had a, a fun little home and home that they split one-on-one let's start with the Warriors they're playing great basketball they're by far the best defense in the league top five offense as well number one in net rating by a mile what are you seeing from a, a team that's sort of built around what we were built around the last couple of years of their superstars and or superstar as of right now and just great defense so within the context of the Warriors they actually remind me a fair amount of the 2019-20 Lakers teams which is that these are our stars this is what those stars do well and we're going to support those stars with the exact sort of role players who are going to sort of fill in the gaps around those guys and help amplify what our stars do well. This is in contrast to what the Warriors did last season, right? Which is in a certain extent, Mike, what the Lakers have done this season, which I find super interesting from a let's evaluate the teams and their progression and which direction they have chosen to go in. I think what you're seeing is Steph Curry still remaining at the peak of his powers and Draymond Green being still right there with him within the context of what Draymond Green does, does well. And I've just been super impressed with them, Mike, like Draymond, sort of the, this is, 
this is a team where I feel like you've got the star quarterback on one side of the like on one side of the field. And then on the other side of the field, you've got like the star middle linebacker. And both of those guys are MVP caliber players for offensive player of the year, MVP, and then defensive player of the year on on the other side of the floor. And then because this is basketball, they also complement each other on both sides of the ball. Like I think Steph's been playing really strong defense considering his reputation and Draymond has been way more aggressive offensively in looking to score, particularly around the basket. And all of it is coalesced with a revamped group of role players that I think show you this team's for real. Like they're a real championship contender and it's not just regular season smoke and mirror stuff to me. So starting on Golden State, this began last year, really, uh, once Steve Kerr said, all right, th- this has been this has been great trying to focus on, to some extent, the development of Wiseman and see how this guy can fit into here and start to play the lineup that he trusted and knew and the guys that knew how to execute around Steph Curry. And, and Draymond is the peak of the guy that knows how to execute, you know, around Steph Curry, which, is, of course, it's all still built on. So they were 23 and 27 early in April, and they finished the season 39 and 33. And part of that is just they had to win those games in order to qualify for the play in and kind of stay in that race. But it also revealed that the system there that they have is still something that is going to be able to beat teams on a given night. Fast forward to this season, and not only do they have almost exact continuity, but they add a couple of vets that fit in pretty nicely. Um, to what their mix is in Otto Porter Jr. off the bench and Jordan Poole, not a vet, but a guy that finally that seems to kind of get it with their system. Yeah. So those two guys replaced, you know, Kelly Oubre or Bazemore, who was playing some rotation minutes last year and then some of the younger guys. And they haven't been playing anybody that's really young, aside from a couple of minutes here and there for Kaminga and Moody who are their two lottery picks. Wiseman hasn't played yet. So it's just a team that makes a lot of sense that has their style and is super unique in terms of a scout. So when they come into your, like you have to have a whole different scouting report and a whole different system to play against them, Pete. And and by the way, Phoenix is a little bit similar to this, but Mm -hmm. keeping on golden state to start there, it's just a recipe for winning these regular season games. Now I'm sure as we go on, we'll talk about how, how this portends to the playoffs and if they have enough there and like what peak LeBron AD, et cetera, could do against that team. But it's not it's not a big surprise to me. I think the three of us collectively had them either second or third uh, going into this season, which is higher than I think most had because we've we've seen this before. And you have that amount of respect for Steph and, and secondarily for Draymond before Clay even gets back. Yeah, both of these teams are really humming and doing what they do well, right? Like they're deep into their system and the continuity of it. What you said about them being a unique scouting report, I think applies to both teams. Like like you said, there's nobody in the NBA that you defend quite the way that you do Steph Curry. And it warps your defense in a way that just isn't comparable quite to anybody else. There are other players that you, you know, you're going to show high on Damian Lillard. You're going to, we were chasing Luke Kennard over the top of screens the other day. There are great shooters in the NBA, but there's nobody that puts the constant pressure from 30, 35 feet out that you have to send two toward. And Darius, that's something that is just super unique in the NBA that is going to win you a lot of regular season games. Well, just jump in there, Pete. And then I want to kick this right, right back to you. It's also the running around that he does and the screening that, that he does. It's one thing if this dude was just a high pick and roll player, 
right? Like sort of a Damian Lillard type where, oh, this dude's going to run 50 ball screens a game. Luca. Or he'll come off of one off ball, like one yes. wide pin down screen and that's it. It's the constant motion. It is. This dude is running a marathon every game. Wherever he cuts, it's just like he's a threat to score. Like once you once he's in the offensive zone of the half court, he is a threat to get to a spot on the floor or shoot from the spot that he catches the ball. He is a wholly unique offensive player, not only because of his skill set, but the style in which he implements that skill set. That's right. And because of that, and we'll get to the Suns and why they're similar in, they do it, they go about it in a different way. They don't have a Steph Curry. No one does. But that's part of my underlying frustration with our adherence to our drop schemes. And because we're not going to be able to play that that often, certainly not against the Warriors and even against the Suns, right? With Booker and Ayton and Chris Paul, that having you you just can't be dropped like that it's the other cover you're gonna have to switch even though the suns will get to them in a moment they're they really attack that well but through that lakers lens to get to that type of play one of the things that i look at in in relation from the lakers to both of these teams and how they match up is i think we're gonna have to drag games into an unconventional space d i think that more scramble situations, more uh, transition, although, you know, Golden State's right up there in pace. Phoenix is fairly, you know, Phoenix can play with pace as well. But dragging games into unconventional spaces, that's something that actually Golden State does by virtue of having Steph and then Clay's on the horizon of coming back that adds to that. Like, there's nobody you have to, like, really be like, oh, crap, they're on the perimeter and they got two guys like that, Mike. So that in terms of like the Lakers and how we match up with them, the idea of us running drop coverages against Steph Curry and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and all of that, and letting them step into jumpers, you just can't really do that. So that's why one of the things I wonder about is what is the long-term goal of our approach toward like, we're going to run this defensive scheme, even though it doesn't entirely match the personnel. And then what's the payoff at the end? That's the thing that I worry about. So first I want to get in a little bit just to the Sun specifically because we just did the Warriors and then we can uh, – to me, it's it's a nice way to merge what this means for the Lakers eventually and how they compete with these teams. But the immediate translation for why they were good was as simple as they got Chris Paul. And I cite this sometimes, but he had the Oklahoma City Thunder up to the five seed and you know gave Houston some problems in round one before the Lakers got Houston in round two, took them to seven games. So – Immediately he gets to Phoenix and it takes, you know, it takes a little while for all them to get used to Chris Paul and especially Aiton. But eventually, once Aiton really bought into exactly what Chris Paul wanted him to do, the whole team started to fly in a different way and they go all the way to the finals. And this year, I think the difference between them and me being able to kind of dismiss them um, like I I was about to is that they've developed some big wings um, that really complement and whether it's a certainly Mikhail Bridges, right, who's been awesome. Jay Crowder, who's continued to show his value, although he can be you know, frustrating at times to watch. And then Cam Johnson off the bench and now Landry Shamit. So that's that's four guys that are pretty big. You know, you don't have to worry about on defense. You don't have to switch offense to defense. And they, they just sort of play the system. They just sort of do the role player things and let Chris Paul and a healthy Devin Booker take care of business. So I think they've made the team overall more formidable. But, and here's here's always what the but has been, and it's weird for a Hall of Famer, one of the best players ever, but Chris Paul does every season wear down eventually in the postseason. Uh, and Steph does not. 
in the same way. Uh, maybe a little bit when he was going on those finals runs every year after year. But Chris, he sustained it longer last year. By the time they hit game maybe four of the finals, it was like he just was out of gas. Finally. And so how much can he sustain it coming off of a finals trip where he's been awesome so far, but now he's got to do a little more with Booker out with the hamstring. So if I'm a Suns fan, like that's my concern once again, is that all of this, everything looks great, but it's still dependent upon Chris Paul organizing and getting them in the right spots and just executing late. And that's, that's the part where, where I like, it just sometimes can still fall a little bit short, but maybe we can, uh, Darius, unless you want to, did you want to hit on that quick? When we come back, Mike, I got a counter to that. All right, excellent. Lakers basketball is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site, and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out and transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. So, Mike, I agree. Chris Paul has shown that he's, like, worn down some over time. Remember, he hurt his shoulder against the Lakers. Nothing was guaranteed for him last postseason as well. He worked his way through that, but he did look worn down by the time that the finals came. My counter to that this season with this Suns team, even with Booker out, is, and Pete, I'd love to get your thoughts about this. They are a well-oiled machine now. That's the same term that I was going to use. That they are running on all cylinders all of the time. And Mike, you've talked about continuity a ton. And one of the things that continuity brings to you is that idea of we could sort of do this with our eyes closed. And that familiarity then leads to an ease in which you are able to execute and dictate the terms of engagement and play at your own pace that I think can can counter can counter up against that idea of we're exerting too much right now during the regular season. Like, I mean, they're up in these games by 15, 20 points. Like they went on a 17 game win winning streak. And I don't think the last 10 or 12 of those games, they were threatened at all. Right. And that idea of, oh, well, we can 
we can have a 10 plus net rating or point differential or around there, right? And just be like, ah, well, we're cruising, right? And so to me, they're the idealized version of what the Jazz were last season, Pete, which is like, oh, well, we're we're a regular season juggernaut that is also better positioned to hurt you in the playoffs. And that's a dangerous thing, especially when you're looking at it from the Lakers perspective. I think it was much easier to dismiss them last season before you got some of the evidence on tape that these dudes would perform the way that they did during the postseason as well. And now they have to be a little bit scarier, right? Oh, they certainly are. They certainly have a a greater degree of continuity. I also think that – so basketball, especially in the regular season, is a matter – is mastering scenarios. And their offense in particular is built around the ability to run ball screens. They've got – Aiton is a tremendous threat in that he is – he can finish from all these sorts of angles around the rim. He's a great role man, but he's also not going to kill you on the defensive end if they go small. That's to your point about an idealized Utah, right? But almost I, I've watched a few of their games during the win streak, and I was so struck by how many uh, how many plays were very ball screen variations, right? And they could just ball screen you to death. And whether and sometimes that's on a handoff, but it's essentially the same thing, right? Where the big starts with the ball instead of the guard. But at the end of the day, he's coming around a screen and making a decision. And that's part of the reason why I believe that you have to drag them into the unconventional. They are well well-oiled machine, particularly on the repeatable scenarios. They know exactly how to beat a drop coverage, and they've got the personnel to do that, right? You've got every every position is you've got a guard on each side of the floor that can be great on ball screens. Both guys can hit pull-up jumpers. That's gonna kill your drops. You gotta bring your big up higher as a result of that. And if that happens, you got all those peel-off switches and now you got a little guard Mike defending DeAndre Ayton around the basket good luck with that if you decide to send help from the weak side you skip it over to Mikhail Bridges who can do everything you need from a weak side wing out of a pick and roll situation uh, Jay Crowder can is a hit and miss spot up guy and then defensively they're the second best team in the league behind Golden State and so but to focus on the offensive end, they're so comfortable in what they're doing that I think the Utah analogy is really apt, but they are better positioned to succeed in the playoffs with the personnel that they have. Yeah, so there's no doubt. And I still don't I still don't think there's a disagreement here. And so Darius, like I, all of that is true, but it's all still dependent upon Chris Paul. And just yes. like the Lakers are dependent upon LeBron James or any LeBron James team, and just like Golden State is dependent on Steph. The difference has been that Chris has worn down almost every postseason and LeBron and Steph have found ways to sustain it. So I can't pick apart what Phoenix does on offense or on defense. It works. It's really smart. It works great. But I'm giving Chris a lot of credit for that. And that's where I'm kind of grasping at and thinking it's still going to come down to LeBron and what level he's at. And all of the stuff that Pete said about scheme and about switching. And of course, that's that has to be true as well. But what I still look at, like Golden State and Phoenix, for as, as great as they've been to start here, if the Lakers can get their optimized situation, right, these are the kind of system teams that I think that can be taken down um, with, with superior top-end talent like LeBron in, in, in AD and, you know, Russ as a third wheel there. So it's not – this isn't – neither of these teams to me are runaway teams where it's like uh, the Lakers are really going to have to catch like a break or an injury 
to be able to get there. And this is forecasting way down the road. I just don't see either of those teams as being unsolvable is, is I guess the way I, w- I would put it. I am super interested in how you knock these teams down a peg in the playoffs and how specifically a Lakers team would do it when they have the sort of deficiencies in defensive personnel that they currently do. Right. That's not to say it can't happen, because I think that when you're starting with LeBron and Anthony Davis, those two guys, when operating at peak capacity, particularly defensively, they can they can operate in a variety of ways from a defensive scheme standpoint that can shut off the water in different spots of the floor and in different actions and then make you go to. Different parts of your game. Pete, the part that is interesting to me about the Suns and the Warriors specifically is that it's not just the reason why I compare them to like Utah, for example, is that it's not just system basketball, right? That if you look at Utah, Mitchell is their best player, Mm -hmm. right? Like the Warriors, Steph is magnitudes better than Mitchell. Like, I think Booker is a better player than Mitchell as well, although that's mm-hmm. probably closer. And Chris Paul, while older, he has a control of the game in a way that like Mitchell currently doesn't. Right. right. And, 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 and even then you could compare him to like Mike Conley. Right. In terms yes. of their in totality. And, and Chris, Chris Paul is a better player than than Conley is. Yeah. And, and so my point is, is that these guys also have high end talent that can say, oh, well, we may not be LeBron and AD, but we're all NBA level guys, right? And Steph is an MB. He's probably the favorite to win the MVP this season at this stage. It's like probably him and Durant, right? Like a couple of other guys, but but he's right there. So the idea to me that it's only like, I think that those guys are also capable of saying, yeah, we got this system, but if we need to, we could isolate. I mean, Booker's could, gonna give you fifty if you if you're not careful, right? And yeah. so that that's what operates outside the confines of system basketball is yeah. a guy that can just kick your ass every time down the floor. Yeah, I was listening to a Zach Lopod and they and Zach was talking about the Suns and he mentioned the Suns system as being the third star, their offensive system. And that very much reminds me of how we talked about the Lakers defense mm-hmm. in the 2000, in their championship season. They're so right? precise. To, like yeah. every scenario that they find themselves in, they have a player who's capable of executing it and they make the correct decision on any basketball play almost yeah. every time. They're one of the most, that's why they remind me actually of the old Spurs teams of the sure. beautiful game Spurs teams of the mid 2000s where just they make the correct play almost every single time. We've been talking about this with the Lakers recently, where it's like guys are capable of making the right play, but we make mistakes over and over again. They just don't beat themselves, especially on offense. Mike, I want to kick to you. Let's go to break because LeBron made some interesting comments at the end of his media availability talking about game reps and needing more game reps. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts about where the Suns and the Warriors are in terms of that continuity. And LeBron basically saying, we're not there, but 
we just got to get these reps in and then we can get there sort of idea. So let's go to break real quick. And, and then I'd love to get your thoughts about some of that when we come back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, so what do the Lakers have to do to fulfill what LeBron suggested at the end of his media session? And can they get there? So this is get it ties into the discussion that we just had about Golden State and Golden State and Phoenix. And yes, those teams have really good systems. You're also right that they have some stars that can that can overreach the system. But the whole thing for the Lakers is do they have do they have enough guys that can complement LeBron and AD still? Can Russ continue to be the guy that learns how to do that, which he's been doing better lately? And do they need to make a trade to acquire another body um, and somebody that, that's a vet that can come in and kind of play like that right away too? And in this case, we're probably thinking about a big wing type uh, in, unless Ariza really is able to show you know, that he is that he is capable of being that glue guy that sort of does tie everything together and does fulfill some of those switching schemes and can be the guy that's on the floor against the teams like Phoenix and Golden State. And so it's a lot of work to do. It's a it's a lot of work to do to make up the ground that Phoenix and Golden State have separated themselves towards. But this is this gets back into the category of do you want to bet against LeBron figuring it out? And 
And it's that's just hard to do. It's really hard for me to do. As well as these teams are playing, and as much as there's a bit of a separation right now, like in the first two games of this regular season, when the Lakers didn't really know what they were doing at all, and Phoenix and Golden State knew exactly what they were doing, you know, those games were... I'm trying to remember at this point what the like the score for each of those games were. They were relatively decisive, but it didn't it didn't seem to me even at that stage that they were just kind of like knocking the Lakers completely out the floor. Like they would have they would have no chance um, to to beat these teams. Well, Golden Golden State in particular, that was a close game until the beginning of the fourth quarter. They went on a run. Phoenix took it to us, like especially in the third quarter. We were down, I think, around ten, around halftime, it, and then we we blew it in the third quarter. Right, so it was a thirty point game by by the time. Uh, well, yeah, you know, so it was came around. one one twenty one one fourteen was the final for Golden State. One fifteen one oh five was the final the final against right. Phoenix. But we had a huge. And it they, was like a thirty point game at the beginning of that fourth quarter, though. Yeah, they made Phoenix. up some time certainly uh, certainly down the stretch, and but. They're like they're these are teams that in a playoff series that aren't I, I just don't I'm not buying into the theory that they're in like different classes like that. You just can't figure out what because we do know what Phoenix does and they do it really well. And Booker is the guy that's the kind of the the X factor him getting hot like he did in the last series. But Pete, you you seem to be jumping on this like you love the Suns more than I do. So what, what no, do you no, got? No, no, no. I, I actually want to ask you, what do you think that these two teams are vulnerable to, right? Like that idea of we're not there. We're not at that level of basketball yet. But I do agree. I don't think we're on the right track to getting to that point. So that's part of my concern is that like I agree that we are capable. I just think we're going down the wrong path to get there. But to beat a Suns team, to beat a Golden State team, what like – what are they vulnerable to that that we can beat them with? LeBron James and Anthony Davis, right? But what about them? What about them in particular? Their size, uh, their mm-hmm. their power. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So Phoenix has Aiton, but and Aiton was great against the Lakers in the playoff series last year. But AD went out and and just still did whatever he wanted, basically. After so game one, AD came out and didn't play like he didn't play a typical AD game, and it was the frustrating. Team, man, was so frustrating, and, and really the whole team to an extent. But but again, this is we we don't need to get back into the whole bubble tax thing and the, and the blah blah. LeBron the high ankle sprain, but then AD went went to AD mode and kind of took over the series. And so adding this is gets back to our all of our Russ pods now. So if you've got AD and you've got LeBron healthy, and and now Russ's physicality and athleticism can get into that mix. Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are other things that we kind of, these are parts of the theme that we've talked about for this Lakers group that can give, that can overwhelm. And again, not calling them a system team, but since they are doing the same thing, basically on offense and defense, um, other than Booker, sometimes being able to, um, to go and really kill you and get his own shot and get to the foul line. But like all Chris's tricks start to go away in a playoff series, right? Like the the manipulating the bonus and the stuff that that works really well in the regular season. He stops getting some of those calls, and it does become like the Lakers can still get downhill. I guess is the way that I would put it. Defense, it, they need a couple other guys, like Darius alluded to earlier, but I do think that they can physically overwhelm um, some of what Golden State and Phoenix do. So that's my answer as well but it's more of like an idealized version of the lakers and so the way that i would bridge it and i would pose it to you pete is that we are looking at the lakers past like ad and lebron we have banked knowledge like of how good they are and how they can turn a series how they can be sort of just dominant 
in a playoff setting and how they can turn the tenor of the game towards their style. We've got that on tape. Living in the present, we also sort of see how good the Suns are, how good the Warriors are. And for, with the Warriors especially, I think that you have to also bank some of the memories that we have of how a Steph Curry, Draymond, and then we'll see what Clay looks like. But if he's 80% of Clay Thompson, then, well, then you've got one of the best shooters in the league out there too, right? And so there is some of that as well. I do think the Warriors can be susceptible to size, them especially, dictating the terms of engagement with LeBron and AD. Like Draymond can only guard one of those dudes. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so if then if you're relying on like Wiggins and who has been very good and Iguodala and some of those guys like, all right, Clay, are are those guys going to be able to stand up to LeBron over the course? Maybe. OK, you did it for a quarter. Can you do it for two quarters? Can you do it for three quarters? Can you do it for eight quarters? Can you do it for 12, 16, 20 quarters, right? Because that's what it's going to take to win a playoff series. Like, okay, you won these individual battles, but can you win the war? You know, the, the whole exercise that we're doing right now is a challenge, right? Because we're, we're looking at a team, they're 12 and 12. You're looking at what the Suns and the Warriors are, and we're trying to forecast what's going to be happening later in the season. What I don't know is if Phoenix or Golden State, since they've been playing this well, if there's another move that they have to make, to kind of go up another step. Now, Clay would be, of course, the counterexample to, to what I just said. But Clay coming back and him really being Clay Thompson. And, and I think we all want to see that, by the way. Um, shout out to Michael. Absolutely. So that that is one thing. But I I'm I'm just trying to look at this Lakers team, and yes, it is an idealized version of it. But we also do just have to remember that LeBron has played half of the games, has not yeah. really looked like LeBron yet, and and. St- Anthony Davis is still Anthony Davis, and people probably are annoyed um, the, the extent that I talk about this, but it's just the whole history of the NBA portends along these lines of who the best players are and once you ultimately get down into a series. So it's a challenge and a, and a fun exercise, but I'm just – I need to see a lot more of this regular season happen before, like, really forming this conclusion and also acknowledging the fact that injuries are going to happen uh, for all three of these teams. And so what are these teams going to look like? Who is going to be healthy in April? Um, can can Steph, knock on wood, can Steph and Draymond actually stay healthy throughout the season? Chris Paul at some point will have something come up. And so those teams haven't hit a patch of adversity yet. The Lakers have hit a big patch of adversity early in the season. And Their whole season's been adversity. The whole, the whole season. <laughs> it's from the jump. From the jump. So and they that's why, so Pete, when, you, when we talk about kind of Man, it's you haven't seen it yet. They haven't been on the right track. Well, that has to be factored in, right, as parts of the reasons why, um, in addition to all your concerns about system and lineup and all that stuff. For sure. No, that's absolutely – and to speak to that point, this is from a week ago. This is from uh, Alex Regler, who's a, a great – writer and Twitter follow. Uh, So this is from November 30th. Uh, Take this Phoenix Suns, for example, who've already entered the season with arguably the most carried over continuity from the previous campaign. They lead the league with 578 possessions from their starting five. That's 470 possessions more than the Lakers' most used group thus far. So a team that came into the season with some of the best continuity has, you know, five times as many possessions 
together with that starting group. And so when we talk about the idea of a season, there being a wave that's built and you you build on the continuity from before and you get more and more. That's how you become a machine. You don't just put a group together and, and it's like that. Right. And and now in. Mind you, that might be on the defensive end, like we did with the championship team, Mike, but that that's such a difference that this speaks to your point of there's a lot of season left to go and there's a lot of continuity, potential continuity for us to earn. I don't think we're on the right track, even if we have that continuity. I've said my piece on that, Mike, but it's something that that makes a huge difference. Well, I, it was a couple of games ago and I was looking for a stat, like a lineup stat, and I texted you guys in the group thread and you know, Darius is is just loves digging through lineup data and a five man lineup data, especially. And I couldn't even find a lineup that had more than 22 minutes played together over the course of time to you. Like it was ridiculous. It, yeah. I, Darius, can you just summarize that real quick? Like, uh, you can put it in better context than I can. But it just yeah, it was it was a it was annoying even trying to find something that was legitimate to use. So just as more context, this was right when LeBron went into health and safety protocols. Right. And and so it was like we had just gotten the news and, and we thought he was going to be out for 10 days or so. Yeah. And so we were looking for like, hey, what has been themes, especially amongst like Russ and AD, right? Because they're going to have to carry the load here. And I had looked at some at a. I was looking at a bunch of different lineup stuff, but I want to say at that time, the Lakers' most used lineup had like forty-eight minutes together, which is basically yeah. like the equivalent of playing one full game. And so that's where Alex is talking about the idea of like a hundred. They've had they played like a hundred possessions because that's basically what a game is, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Lakers are second in the league at pace at like 103 possessions a game. And so a hundred possessions is like this team has played the equivalent of one, or this unit has played the equivalent of one game together. One game. And and then it was like, okay, well, next lineup is 42 minutes. And then you've got like a 36-minute one, and then you've got a bunch in the 20s. And that's over the course of a full season and or or the season to that point. And you're just sort of like, how are any of these teams? And half of those had Bazemore in it, right? Mm-hmm. And and like Bazemore hadn't played a meaningful minute in like two weeks at that point. And Bazemore is still in some of these lineups that are some of the most used ones. And it's sort of just like, this is where the Lakers are starting from, right? It's 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 like one of those movies where it's like a slow motion or like a boomerang clip, like on your phone, right? Where you drop a glass and then it shatters and now, and then it's coming back together. And that's sort of what these lineups are. It's, it's like, you've got all these disparate pieces and you're trying to put them back together again in order to be meaningful together. And the Lakers haven't had that time. They, and so to Pete's point, I think the, about continuity and right tracks, the Lakers are trying to be more than one team, right? Phoenix mm-hmm. is trying to be one team. Golden State is trying to be one team. Frank Vogel, when they won the championship, they were three teams. They yep. were a bully ball physical team. They were a small ball sleek team. And then they were um, like a combination of both of those. Right. Like that Markeith Morris, LeBron, AD, Mm -hmm. Danny Green, Alex Caruso. We're like busting you in the face. And then they were like, oh, the KCP, Kuz, LeBron, AD. Like, right. 
like another small guard like oh we're getting up and down the court we are we are doing that way and then they're the like oh well we've got javel and dwight and ad and lebron and we're gonna have two seven footers and then lebron james as our small forward and then danny and green, green and avery bradley yeah. and it's just like no we are physically just bigger and and domineering right like just standing over the top top of you and vogel to me vogel's very much trying to replicate that idea he knows 100%. he doesn't have the same players but he's trying to be multiple things because he knows he knows to mike's point that we can't just do one thing in the playoffs we're not going to be able to be a one like a one system team and do that so well that we're going to be over the top of teams we need to be those shapeshifters that and we have the shape-shifting players in LeBron and AD specifically. The the difference is the rest of the guys who are surrounding them are not as versatile. Yeah, they we don't have not, the fives to be able to yeah, be a bully team. They we just don't. They they are not the same. Well, but let's let's. I think this is a super important point, though. I haven't and I haven't for all the stuff that all the time that I've spent thinking about and talking about the Lakers this year. I haven't really thought of this. So, and I almost just want you guys to go back and forth on it, but Darius, are you essentially saying that you can't just sell out to be this like small ball, run up and down, you know, start like start at E at the five, just do that team, but you, you have to at least establish some part of this big look. And so that, that's what Frank's holding on to. Whereas Pete to not summarize you probably correctly, but you've been more advocating for just, just kind of develop this one style i think i think our big look is our tertiary look i think like we need to have a big look and there are going to be some lineups where ad and dwight we talked about this in a recent pod where they're going to really kick some ass on the defensive end and when we talk about phoenix ad at the five against deandre ayton there's some question marks there ayton's going to win some physical battles there and in that game one i remember i remember when we played our two big look we played them even it was the ad at the five looks that was like a minus nine in that game one and that was those were the minutes where the game was lost and so i think we're more of a one pitch one look type of team than like i understand what frank vogel wants to be i just don't think we are that team i don't think we have the personnel to be that team and i also think that when we are what team is super important i think the starters like you got to win the minutes where you've got your three stars on the floor we haven't been winning those minutes and it speaks to we are in the incorrect shape we have we have the personnel that's actually harmful to the three stars around them as opposed to helpful and whenever we see the team go on a run with the three guys with the three stars out there it's alongside shooters to me it's not all that even complicated d is that this is something we've seen alongside all three of these guys that these are the players that work alongside them so it makes sense so i agree that you need a certain degree of, sh- of shape shifting it's just not i i want us to get great at one thing before we worry about becoming because i feel like we're trying to be three different things and we're not any of them right now yeah i think some of that though is related to the injuries and the time and the continuity 100%. and not having those guys together to to this point lebron is so crucial to all of that that having him miss half of the games and then in another half of the games that he has has played the level to which he is looked fully engaged and sure. and active like so especially you've on maybe seen a yeah which he, yeah, which he's like, so yeah. you've maybe yeah. seen a quarter yeah. of the season right now that's like another hour and a half discussion about 
the human side of things and how humans respond to being put in situations that they may not feel like, like I maybe don't want to do this today. So guess what? I'm not going to do that. Like I'll do this other thing that I want to do. So like when it's time to clean your house, I don't feel like folding laundry, but I'll go bust my ass in the kitchen to go wash all those dishes. But when it's folding laundry time, maybe not so much. I think I'll keep putting that to the I, side. I was hoping for I was hoping for an example of your daughter's Darius there. Oh, no. So no, this is we'll so we'll keep it to me today, okay. right? <laughs> so there will be times though where LeBron's just like, yeah, I'll hedge high on this pick and roll. I'll pick up this switch, but maybe it, not so much that low man collision. Maybe not. Yeah, Maybe. it's funny. I, I was watching at the game the other day. He was super animated and he was great at scramming. He, yes. he chased uh, Austin Reeves out of a couple of bad yep. matchups a couple of times. And so it was funny, even within this really crappy defensive game by his own admission, there were a couple of things where he was all about it and he yes. was totally locked in and doing that. Yes. And, and so there, there's a whole nother hour and a half to be discussed about all the players in general and their engagement and commitment to something on any given game or possession or or whatever. I don't want to necessarily get into the weeds on that stuff now, but Vogel, I think, really is seeking out this this idea of we can be these multiple things within the construct of the team that we have on hand. I think they can be the quick, sleek team. When is Kendrick Nunn going to play? Right? Sure. Like, I think that they can be the switchable, defensive, more engaged on uh, the defensive side, side of the ball team. But when's Trevor Ariza going to play? Right? I think they can be the, like, oh, yeah, well, can you keep up with this team offensively? Right? And that's the, oh, look, there's Malik Monk. There's Carmelo Anthony. And they're alongside LeBron and AD and and Russell Westbrook. So th- th- there is a path to all of those those things. And I think Vogel sees the the promise in this group of guys. A- a- and so I'm there with him on that idea. Where I'm with Pete is all right. Well, can we reshift the order in which we deploy? these yeah. things and what are we going to try like if i'm frank vogel I, he's got to look inward some what are we going to be most often what are we trying to be most often and what are we going to prioritize within that and it and to me and now speaking as darius to me that can't be oh well let's throw out our five most physical dudes but none of those dudes are the shooters that you need in order to create space like I said this the other day, but LeBron and AD cannot be the spacing solution for THT and and Russell Westbrook. They need to be the beneficiaries of spacing, not the not a part of the solution to your spacing. I, I asked LeBron about that. Uh, and, and but as you just said, Darius, we could do another whole hour on that. So yes, maybe we'll save yes. it. Yeah, we got yeah. we got to wrap here. This is a fascinating conversation about what we are and the order in which we need to be it. I'd love to talk about that further. We got the Celtics tonight. Please don't get your asses kicked twice by the Celtics in the same season. Mike and I will be there. We'll be back tomorrow to talk all about it on the next episode of the Laker Film Room Podcast. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tips to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. Got it. Magic fires again. The Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. Van Exel to win it. It's on the way. Kobe Bryant, 40 
Okay. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you that's kidding it. me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. Trying to disrupt Rondo, he puts it in. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.